0: Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm Ahmad Khan of Tom's Guide. The Counter-Strike Global Offensive PGL Major 2021 in Stockholm, Sweden is underway. It's the first major since Starladder Major in Berlin in 2019. CSGO events were postponed due to the pandemic, and because so, PGL has the highest price pool ever in a CSGO major to make up for the potential lost income at $2 million. Joining me today is .esports' Scott Robertson. Scott, thanks so much for coming on the show. Happy to be
1: here. Happy majors are back. It's been too long.
0: (laughs) So, Scott. Uh, PGL Stockholm has a bit of an odd format. Uh, there are three different tiers for teams to compete in, plus three different stages. It's a little confusing for newcomers. Can you quickly break it all
1: down? So something that they've done differently, they've actually done something differently for this year, where what what they've done in the past is they've had, depending on your standing at previous majors, that would determine what stage you would start at at the next major. Um, this year they completely did, did away with that. And they had the regional major rankings, which were a series of events for each of the primary regions. So that's North America, Europe, CIS, South America, Ocean- uh, and the Oceanic regions. Um, and depending on where you rank in, that, in those regions after each event that determines what stage you'll start at. So most teams will start, the very best teams start at the Legend stage, and that's the second stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but most teams will start in the Challenger stage, and that's the first stage. Um, and that's a Swiss format system, so um, it's five rounds. Everyone, you know, teams get matched up against each other. Um, if you win three rounds, you advance to the next stage. If you lose three, you're done, you're eliminated. Um, the first the first sets of matches, the first couple matches are always best of ones, and then the elimination and qualification matches, those become best of threes. Uh, and the top eight teams advance to the next stage.
0: So because CSGO events have been dormant during the pandemic, uh, invariably, new talent has percolated uh, these past two years, um, who will actually be making their debut on stage. Uh, I mean, for you, what are your top three new players that we should be keeping an eye out
1: for? Because, you make a great point that because it's been so long, it's been two years, there's a surprising amount of really like superstar quality players or superstar potential players um, mm-hmm. that are that are making their major debut, as you said. Um, if you look at gambit esports um this is a team that you know a year ago they were considered the the academy team they were the gambit youngsters and at at some point they had benched their entire main roster and then eventually at the beginning of this year they just said hey you know what youngsters you're the main roster now you know you're you're the official gambit team now and they've super surpassed those expectations i mean they they won i am this year um and Pretty much everyone on that team is really good, but I would say Shiro is probably their their biggest name. He's there. He's their opera, He's their top of the scoreboard guy consistently across the year at events like this. Um, yeah, he he's he's been a huge name. Um, Grim on Team Liquid. Um, the the Team Liquid is is absolutely stacked with um, veteran talent. Fallen Stewie, mm. Elise, and Grim is kind of slowly but surely been been like getting better and better since he joined Liquid just like i'd say like a few months ago now or more than a few months ago now he's been he's been a great addition and he's really stepped it up in their most recent match actually they um, they defeated Entz, and he had he had a great game um, navi who are considered a favorites obviously because they have simple they added a player from their youth academy they promoted him to the main roster in bit he's been tremendous uh, it, it, the entire stack of teams or the entire field of teams is stacked with players who are playing their first major ever and a lot of them are really stepping up it's a really it's really great to see it's it's great for the future
0: i mean when it comes to the actual games themselves i mean is has there been a lot more excitement at this new challenge are they bringing like
1: a new panache to the game that hadn't been seen uh before they're not doing anything that's particularly like oh we've never seen anything like this in counter-strike they just have their fundamentals down they don't get scared in big moments they they you know in games they should win they're winning and they're and, and in games where they're losing they can put on impressive comeback performances we've seen a bunch of really impressive comebacks um in both stages so far already um and yeah so they're not really doing anything crazy um, well, maybe Shiro once in a while will do something, you know, simple-esque. He's not quite at that level yet, um, but you can make a case that he's been one of the top five, if not one of, maybe even a top three player this year. And like I said earlier, this is his first major. Um, their first debut at LAN events, which was um, IAM Cologne just a few months ago. So you mentioned how there was a, a lull in CSGO events. CSGO events still happened, but they were all online. You saw a lot of NA teams like Evil Geniuses and Liquid essentially move to Europe for periods of time just to play the big events against European teams and have you know a ping that's not you know have an internet connection that's not you know traveling across the entire ocean. Um, And so we finally got our first LAN event. Uh, We picked up we picked up actually where we left left off with LANs with with Navi winning, Um, but Gambit uh, Gambit had a had a good performance but not quite up the expectation they had set during all the online play and all the success they found in online 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 play this year um they're currently one-on-one in the legend stage and so i think a lot of people will be seeing them step it up as we get closer to the, as we approach best of threes for the rest of this stage
0: One thing we need to discuss during CSGO's dormancy is the rise of Valorant. In the middle of COVID, Riot launched Valorant to a lot of fanfare, taking former CSGO and Overwatch League players in the process. Why have players left CSGO? Has Valve done anything to respond to the rise of Valorant at all?
1: That's a very very complicated answer to that. So a lot of the players who have joined Valorant as pro players, um, with few exceptions, essentially the scene that got hit hardest was the North American scene because, especially with with COVID taking away North American events, um, a lot of organizations didn't see much viability in 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 hosting NA teams. And there's not really that much of a great NA development scene either. So, I mean, apart from really Team Liquid, there's there's no other like completely North American team. Evil Genius is kind of but they're a little bit more European now. There's really no primary, like, top-tier North American team anymore. Cloud9 went European and then completely disbanded that roster. Uh, 100 Thieves backed out. Um, plenty of organizations have left NACS Go because, and just because, you know, some of those player salaries, you know, that those are high buyouts. If you want to get good talent that's ready now, you know, instead of just going younger, then you have to pay a lot, and so a lot of organizations didn't want to do that. And so, a lot of talent came over from North America, um, in, ter- in the in the form of former CS:GO players. Um, sim- because of that reason, because there were no events, and also, you know, a lot of NA, a lot of NA Valorant pros of saying that the game was getting stale. Um, hmm. CS:GO it was still fun to them, but you know, there weren't enough new maps. There weren't enough new significant meta changes, and those are happening all the time in Valorant with new agent additions, new Significant uh, up nerfs and buffs to different agents, new maps. It's just so much more. Uh, a lot of the players I talked to just said it was a lot more refreshing, mm-hmm. and so that was a big reason. And, and it's a growing scene that you know they can players who who scratched and clawed and never got their opportunities, or maybe even squandered opportunities in NACS Go. They got essentially a second chance, and that that really attracted a lot of them. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, uh, Valve. I'm not really sure. I, I don't really think. I, I wouldn't really say that what they've been doing is responding to it. They've just sort of been just doing what they've always been doing, um, and we'll see. We'll see if that changes as Valorant continues to grow. But I mean, having majors back just alone is going to help the CS:GO scene again. I'm not sure exactly how much it's going to do for NA, but but it's good for Counter Strike as a whole just to have these tournaments back, and and it's going to be. I think it's going to hit especially different when we get crowds for playoffs.
0: Hmm. And you know, jumping off that, it's good to see that PGL Stockholm has topped Berlin major in CSGO viewership, at least in the Challenger stage so far. According to eSports charts, Stockholm hit a peak viewership of 667,000 with an average of 399,000. Uh, during the new Challenger stage in Berlin, peak and average were 432,000 and 273,000 respectively. Um, what do you make of this increase in viewership?
1: Uh, it doesn't surprise me, I mean, it's been so long since we've had a major that, that with events with there being less crowds and with losing players to valorant there was going to inevitably be a bit of a drop in viewership it wasn't going to fall off a cliff but there was going to be a drop just with with as i said with no crowds and and with losing you know some big names in valorant not just in na but you know europe you you know european has lost some big names too you know mixwell scream these are these are pretty sizable figures in csgo who left for valorant and so it was inevitable there was going to be a drop off and so just having majors back and just the 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 tier of organization, having having some big names in the challenger stage like Astralis and Phase Clan and Heroic um, Team Spirit who just won the Dota TI Championships like having that caliber of organizations in the first stage definitely helps and then uh, that's I, I I'm I'm assuming these numbers are only going to go up. As we get into Legend stage, you get into the playoff stage, you know, Mm -hmm. NIP, Vitality, G2, Liquid, Navi. These are these are juggernauts of esports in terms of organizational standing. Um, And so it's 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 great. It's it's great for the scene. It's great for viewers. It's great for the players. Um, They get to be on land, something that they've all missed. They've all wanted and haven't had too much of since coming since, you know, restrictions have started to ease up a bit. And it almost didn't happen here in Stockholm. It, it took. It was only like a couple months ago where you could have sporting events with with crowds, and and it's just it it, it like I said earlier, it's really going to hit different when you hear that crowd in playoffs.
0: Hmm. And lastly, um, the competition is already underway, so we've seen some great performances for you so far. What has been the best match of the series, and who do you predict has the best shot at taking the title? <sighs>
1: There's been a lot of matches so far. Um, <laughs> I guess if I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick them the best of three because uh, there's always a bias towards best of ones because a, a best of three is really what decides, you yeah. know, who's 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 winning a series. Um, I would say that the, I I would say that Copenhagen Flames win over Heroic. Um, for the Flames to go three zero, that was a huge shocker for lots of viewers. I'm sure lots of people with the with their CS with their pickums were. Shocked to see Copenhagen Flames make uh, end up taking that 3-0 spot. Um, mm. I think that was a great series. Um, actually, all of heroic series have been pretty have been pretty captivating. They've been in a lot of close battles. Um, in terms of the team to take it all, there's a lot of contenders. I think you know if G two G G2 two looks good early on, And I think that's been a, that's like a team that could either make a deep run or fizzle out. You know that was like a very big either or. NIP has looked better and better. Um, Astralis, I mean, they're the reigning champions. And after yeah. a very, very ugly start to the challenger stage, they really turned it on in the last three series. Um, but it's Navi. it's It it's really feels like this is finally Simples' time to win the major. Mm-hmm. They've looked the most in form of any team. They, they've looked the most in form of any team. I think it's the best team Simples played with. And he's in world-class best in the world form as he always is. I think if, the, if there's a year for simple to finally get that elusive major trophy, it's this one. It's gonna be Navi if, if I had to put money on it.
0: Well, Scott, uh, thank you so much for
1: coming on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on. I'm, I'm just I'm just giddy that majors are back. Uh, hopefully I get some more points out of pick'ems.
0: <laughs> Very cool, thanks. And now we're joined by Dot .esports contributor, Jess Sharnagal. In the world of Valorant Esports, the last chance qualifiers are underway. As the name suggests, it's the last chance for teams to fight their way to the Champions event. While the event started on October 12th, false positive COVID tests pushed the event to October 27th. It was decided that the games would instead be played online rather than on LAN, a disappointment for new players ready to step onto the stage. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So Jess, quickly explain how the Last Chance Qualifier works.
2: The last chance qualifier is the last chance for teams in their respective regions to get into the champions tournament um multiple regions have different numbers of teams that will get in Um, for north america that number is three for eu that number is four and it's for teams who didn't qualify via points from their challengers events and who couldn't qualify from points uh, by going to masters Hmm. so each Region will have a certain number of teams representing the region in the Champions event. North America is working on theirs right now, and they will have three teams that represent their region. And we are currently looking at the last chance qualifier to get the third and final team. The other two teams that qualified were Sentinels and Envy, and they qualified via points Hmm. because they both went to Masters. And uh, they they actually both qualified, Sentinels qualified because they won one of the Masters events. So if you win a Masters event, you automatically get into Champions. Now that's only for the international tournaments. So Masters 2 and Masters 3 saw the Sentinels and Gambit Esports get into Champions without having to qualify via points. They just went straight to Champions. And
0: in these LCQ events, at least the ones in the past, there have been delays. And even last night on October 29th, there was a delay. Do you have any idea what's been kind of going on? I mean, I I assume that these are some logistical issues happening with the pandemic and whatnot
2: for na specifically they had a lot of issues with the COVID tests um there were several players that tested positive for covid but then tested negative a day later Hmm. and because of that and the county of la they were having issues um allowing players to play on the stage so, the workaround for that was to allow those players who tested negative to play on stage while allowing the players who tested positive to play from their hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue came in because FaZe Clan is based in LA. They didn't have a hotel room, so they suggested to play from their home base. And obviously, other coaches had a lot of problems with that. So, that's How so? why. So Well, it comes down to competitive integrity as far as the computers they're playing on, the internet they're playing on, and the ability to play together. Hmm. So a lot of coaches don't want to have that disadvantage. I know the Rise coach was very vocal about it. And behind the scenes, I think a lot of the other coaches also had a problem with that. I don't think any coach didn't have a problem with that.
0: Uh, And beyond COVID, what other uh, issues has the tournament series run into?
2: Well, nothing I can say on the record, but there were some issues that um, occurred behind the scenes that I can't talk about.
0: So internationally, the Valorant events have gone relatively smoothly, whereas the US events have not. Uh, I mean, do you have any kind of reaction or insight onto that?
2: Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the venue they chose. So they chose to have the LAN in Los Angeles, which is a very uh, tough state to get past COVID regulations. Hmm. If they had had the event somewhere like Texas, I think it would have been a lot easier. But since they chose LA, and because LA is very strict about their COVID rules, it was just a mess. And I don't think it was ever going to go according to plan, even if everybody was 100%
0: safe. I see. I see. You know, one thing that's defined Valorant throughout all of this, I mean, beyond you know launching in the middle of a pandemic, was that it's been an absolute magnet for talent uh, from other shooters, whether it be Counter-Strike or Overwatch League. Why do you think this has been the case and is there any kind of appreciable difference between the quality of players that are um coming in from certain esports
2: no i don't think so and i think um i'm gonna quote baby bay here when i talked to him early early in the vct um Mm -hmm. i think this might have been right around uh the regional masters so the first masters event was was regional each region had their own and baby bay had told me at this point You know, everybody who came from a different game, we're all Valorant players now. And at this point in the tournament, maybe at the beginning, that might have been a factor. But now I think all of these players are Valorant players and where they came from really doesn't make a difference anymore.
0: So right at the start of Valorant, North America, being represented by Sentinels, won the first international tournament, um, but fell short in the most recent one against Gambit you know, North America really hit the ground running right at the beginning, and then maybe has stumbled a little. Do you think that the pipeline of new talent and development can get back to the high bar that Sentinel set right at the outset?
2: I think, I don't know what went on with the Sentinels, and I don't think there's a whole lot to be said about, you know, how they fell apart. I think they hmm. they either were trying some kind of strategy that didn't work for them, or, I don't know, they just got tired. But... As far as development goes, these teams are starting to stay together longer. And I think the most recent example of that is Rise. Um, I did get the chance to talk to Shanks last night. And um, I did talk to him a little bit about the team being together and um, synergy. So Shanks told me that synergy is the biggest part in any team in an FPS game. He said, if you don't have good chemistry, then I feel like you're just, you're never going to be one of the best. If your chemistry is just not there i feel like all of the players on our team we're all friends outside the game we talk outside the game which makes us closer and better as a team so these teams are starting to spend a lot of time together they're starting to really get to know each other they're starting to learn which plays they can and can't do which things they can and can't do by themselves and just that level of trust and know-how you know how the rest of the team flows and how they work. So as those teams get more time together, I think you're going to see them get better. And I think the Sentinels were in a very interesting position where you know they they did lose Sinatra at the beginning of Masters 2, um, but they were able to integrate him pretty well and they just have been a dominant force. And I, I can't tell you what their secret sauce was. It might be Shazam is just a really, really good IGL, but I think they're starting to realize that teams are starting to sneak
0: up on them. Hmm. And, and when Sinatra did leave following the sexual misconduct investigation um, upon his return, I mean, was there, uh, did the team stumble or did it kind of just get back into its stride re- relatively quickly?
2: No, I think 10 slotted right in. And I think they just picked up where they left off.
0: So going to champions, do you have any predictions as to which team you feel will maybe surprise all of us and ascend to the top?
2: I think if Rise gets into that tournament. I know that a lot of people think that rise is doing well because they're not playing the top teams like sentinels Mm -hmm. and envy but after talking to shanks last night and seeing what the team has been doing i really think that they could be a an underdog and i think most teams are probably going to be prepared for them like a lot of people are waking up to the fact that they're actually really good um other than that i think sentinels is always a team to watch i think Gambit is a team to watch. Other than that, I don't really see a whole lot of these teams um, contending for for the top spot. Maybe Team Liquid, maybe Vision Strikers. I mean, going off of past events is really hard because as metas shift and as teams learn, they're always going to improve. So that's that's a reason I love Valorant because you never know what you're going to get out of a tournament, and I think that's going to be the same for Champions. You just don't know what you're going to get, and we're just going to see what happens when we get there.
0: Well, with that, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Thanks for having me. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to ftwamod.com. To follow Scott and keep up to date on the latest in FPS esports, you can find him at counterscottgo on Twitter. To follow Jess and all the work she does covering Valorant, as well as gaming in general, you can find her at jesssharnigal on Twitter. To follow me and my work over at Tom's Guide, you can find me at Ahmad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrique Damore and Jacob Wolfe. The show's executive producer is Kevin Morris. Our research assistant is Sam Higgins. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.